Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Dynasty After Dark. I'm your host, Calvin Timms. Find me over on Twitter at TDC underscore Calvin. And today I'm excited. It's going to be another solo podcast. I know I've been promising these wide receiver combine updates. Uh, our guest had a, <laughs> had a freak, freak, uh, unexpected occurrence pop up. So they weren't able to make it tonight. So hopefully we'll be able to be back tomorrow. If not, I promise Thursday, we're going to be going through the free agent or not the free agent, but the, the rookie wide receivers post combine, giving you some updates there. I think that's the most volatile position out of all of them right now. So I really want to get that, that, that feedback back out to you guys when I can. Um, Dale, is at a musical right now, so he'll be back tomorrow as well. So at worst, it's going to be me and Dale uh, breaking down those rookies for you. If not, it'll just be um, hopefully we'll have a guest with us as well. So we will see. But today I'm excited because I'm going to be going over the free agent signings. Uh, we're two days into the free agency period right now, and there's been some interesting ones. For fantasy football, it's been a little bit slow, but I think there are a few people to comment on for Dynasty. So going to give you an update now, and then we're going to do another one here probably in a couple days. Maybe Friday we'll drop that one as well. Once a few more names have been signed, I, th- I think everybody's kind of waiting on Aaron Rodgers right now, and he's kind of holding everybody hostage, given the Jets, you know, wish list for players and, you know, more like a ransom list, but it is what it is at this point in time. So, that said, we're going to jump right into the quarterbacks that are being signed so far. The biggest one, of course, was Derek Carr, $150 million contract. And this is Spotrack, by the way. So if you haven't, go check out their website. I like them a little bit more than Over the Cap. It seems to be a little bit more organized, um, in my opinion. But, you know, Over the Cap is another viable option as well. No preferences, really. No no favoritism for me. Um, I'm not sponsored, so whatever. So, Derek Carr, four years, $150 million. not the, the biggest contract for him. With the New Orleans Saints, again, the Saints are just absolutely trying to push everything in every single year, trying to continue to compete, and it's not going well for them. You know, I know they were close to winning the division last year, but, I mean, man, you cannot continue to pay these these super old guys. They just extended and restructured Cam Jordan's contract for the 15th time in his career. They're going to be paying that guy when he's 40 years old. They're going to be paying him when he's 40 years old. He's still going to have dead cap on the salary cap when he's 40. So, Saints fans, I'm sorry, but you've dug this hole. You need to have just a down year without spending money, and you seem utterly incapable so far. So Derek Carr coming over here, from a dynasty perspective, I don't love it. Again, this team is getting older. They really don't have any weapons. They restructured Michael Thomas, and all the news reports out there right now are, oh, this is really good for the Saints. Oh, Michael Thomas, he still has a lot left in the tank, and he doesn't. They had to. Michael Thomas was a massive cap hit for them this year, and you know I just don't think that he was going to do anything. I don't think he's going to do anything for fantasy football, and I don't think Derek Carr is going to be able to feed Chris Olave like people want him to. I don't think this offense is as good without Sean Payton, and yeah, I just I have major concerns personally. So Derek Carr, you know, if you need a a, a super flex quarterback, I mean. He's a quarterback three, in my opinion. He's not very good. He's getting older. 
they're paying him a decent amount of money, but the situation around him is just going to deteriorate deteriorate over the next couple of years. So don't love it very much. Now, on the flip side, you got Jimmy Garoppolo, who is six months. I just love this so much. The Las Vegas Raiders, they moved on from Derek Carr and got Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, I've seen a lot of people on Twitter talk about how Derek Carr is so much better than Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't like either one of these guys. But the one thing I will say, Jimmy Garoppolo does a lot of dumb stuff, but he's way more clutch than Derek Carr. And that is you know, honestly, pretty sad when you really look at it, but that is what it is at this point in time. Now, Jimmy Garoppolo is probably on a clock one for health reasons too, because Las Vegas is very primed to take a quarterback in the upcoming draft. So, you know, we'll see how the quarterback run tends to go. I know we saw just a couple years ago with Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, the next quarterback didn't go until I think Fields at what did they 12, I believe it was. So they really stopped. It's very rare to see four go that quickly. There's a very real possibility that the fourth quarterback is available for the Raiders, which they take them Probably Will Levis at this point in time, if I had to guess. And Will Levis is very, very raw. I don't think he's very good as well. So, you know, there's some major concerns there. That means I think Jimmy Garoppolo is pretty safe. Now, you look at the team. They've still got Devontae Adams for now. We'll see if they can keep that, salvage that relationship there. I mean, Devontae Adams can't complain too much. I get it. Derek Carr was his boy, all that stuff. But, I mean... Josh McDaniels definitely used Devontae Adams pretty well last year. He cannot complain at all about that. And Jimmy Garoppolo is more than sufficient enough. Josh Jacobs, they had Darren Waller, but they moved. They traded him today for a third-round pick to the Giants. Interesting decision there, probably for cap reasons, if I had to guess, without looking at the specific salary cap implications there. Means they're probably going to bring back Foster Moreau, who was pretty solid occasionally without Darren Waller. He's not... The talent of Darren Waller, obviously, but he's okay. He's serviceable. But then they brought in Jacoby Myers. They still have Hunter Renfro. And that speaks a lot to what Jimmy Garoppolo is going to do with this offense. So I like that for him. For fantasy, I do have him higher than Derek Carr. I just think that the Raiders, they have a real chance of getting a quarterback at, at seven, but they also have a very real chance of getting the best offensive lineman at seven as well. We'll see how free agency kind of treats these guys. Offensive linemen have been flying all over the place. People have been just trying to stockpile these guys is what it feels like so far. So we'll see what they can do there for the offensive line. It's not as good as what San Francisco had, but I think that Jimmy Garoppolo has a real chance to be solid for fantasy football. Whenever you have Devontae Adams and Jacoby Myers and Josh Jacobs, these guys can do a lot for you. I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is that great, but I think that he has the possibility to be a quarterback too for fantasy football, which in Superflex, you probably can do a lot worse than Jimmy Garoppolo. You could do Derek Carr, for example. All right, so the next guy here, Taylor Heineke from Washington to Atlanta. I'm not going to touch on all these guys. Not all of them are, are relevant for fantasy football, but Taylor Heineke is actually kind of interesting. They paid him a decent amount of money, Two years, $14 million, only $6 million guaranteed, so $8 million of potential incentives and everything like that, uh, roster bonuses, everything of that nature. But it's going to be interesting because um, Desmond Ritter is the proposed starter for right now, and him and Taylor Heineke are going to have a real chance to battle it out. I don't think Taylor Heineke's the best quarterback, but 
he's a guy who is a locker room guy. People just tend to flock to Taylor Heineke for better or for worse. He seems to be a guy that people like. And, you know, Taylor Heineke has a very real chance of winning over that locker room and taking that starters role. I think Desmond Ritter definitely has more upside than Taylor Heineke, but we're going to have a competition there. And if they stink, there's a real possibility. Atlanta's been spending a lot of money in free agency so far on the defensive side of the ball. If they stink, they have a good chance of getting a Drake May, Caleb Williams, one of those guys, Quinn Ewers in next year's draft class. So something to watch there. I don't think I'd be rushing out to buy Taylor Heineke because he could be the backup, but it is something that adds a little bit of pressure on to Desmond Ritter there in Atlanta. All right, Jared Stidham and Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton going to Carolina. I'm I'm a little surprised by this. I actually thought it was going to be Jacoby Brissett just because of the Frank Reich relationship, but they go and get Andy Dalton. Um, two years, ten million. Well, two years was it ten million? No. Wait a minute. I was lied to. I thought it was two, 20, two years, 20 million, and 10 years each. Okay, two years, 10 million. So 5 million average and 8 million guaranteed, which is pretty solid. That's a start. He's going to be a, a the starter for a little while until the whoever they take at number one overall ends up getting up to speed. So, you know, he's a solid backup, 35 years old. He's getting up there in age. He's not special in any way shape or form but he's someone that would probably be probably be a good locker room presence for a rookie quarterback and you know with that low of a contract he knows he's not the starter he's not the he's not going to you know carve out his career save his career here in Carolina so just something there Jared Stidham going to Denver. I was a little surprised by this. I thought Las Vegas would bring him back to pair with Jimmy Garoppolo, but goes to be the backup to Russell Wilson. He's a solid player, so I can understand this. He's better than the backup that they had before. I forget what his name was. Mike White going to Miami. This one I actually thought was a a low-key, very, very good move by Miami for real football's sake because of Tua's health conditions. And, you know, if you have Mike White in, in Dynasty football right now, I am not moving on from him. I'm going to keep him and just stash him. If you can get him for like a fourth round pick or something in a super flex, I'd probably do that. But I think that there's a real chance that Tua Tagovailoa does not get back to full health, right? Or these concussions create more issues or he gets banged up on the field. And we saw with Mike White, he has the potential to be a solid fantasy starter if the time calls on him, right? And... When you look at Miami, they have amazing weapons. You, they've got a really good young head coach who has been very, very good. Josh McDaniel, um, Josh McDaniels, and Josh McDaniel. It's or Mike McDaniel. Sorry, uh, names are are just jumping all over the board right now. But it's very. He's a very, very gifted offensive mind for the Miami Dolphins. They still got Tyreek, Jalen Waddell. They re-signed Jeff Wilson who were and uh, also uh, Raheem Mostert, who we're going to talk about here in just one minute. So low-key, I actually like this quite a bit for Miami. It's a good insurance backup for them. Sam Darnold to San Francisco is just a, a body to be there in the backfield. $3.5 million guaranteed out of a $4.5 million contract is significant, but 
to me, that's more saying that they don't think Brock Purdy's going to be healthy at the start of the season, so they want to back up for Trey Lance. And if you look at how it went last year, they were on their quarterback four come the playoffs, so it's not bad to have an extra body there for them. Everyone talking about Darnold being able to push, you know, Trey Lance or Brock Purdy for the starters role is smoking some good dope because it ain't going to happen. Case Keenum going to Buffalo again. He's just a backup for whoever the Houston Texans take at number two overall. All right. Now let me bring that back up. Um, That was this one. All right. So running back wise, we're still waiting for a lot of these guys to sign. Um, There was a couple that are very, very interesting so far. Now, Here's the ones I want to talk about. So Jeff Wilson goes back to Miami. This one's interesting between him and Raheem Mostert. These guys are, they're they're spot plays essentially for uh, the running back position. I don't think these guys are ever really going to be anything special. They're splitting the backfield as well. And I fully expect Miami to bring back like somebody in the draft. I think they're going to draft someone in the fourth, fifth round of this upcoming draft, you know, someone that we're, we're not going to be happy, probably like an Israel Abaconda or somebody like that, where I'm going to just die inside or Deuce Vaughn. I could see Deuce Vaughn going here, Tajay Spears, one of these guys, and just making this a nightmare situation for fantasy football. So again, I'm not really looking to spend much on them for my sake. The one guy here that I would be interested in going to get would be Samaj P. Ryan. You know, you look at Samaj P. Ryan and his stats from last year were actually pretty interesting. I mean, he had 143 total fantasy points last year. He really didn't play much other than a couple games where Joe Mixon missed a lot of time. There's only well, it looks like three games where he played more than, you know, 50% of snaps. And with Javante Williams being up in the air health-wise, this is a very, very good signing by Denver. Samaj P. Ryan is someone that has the pass catching capabilities that would work well in a in a Sean Payton system. And he's a pretty decent runner. I mean, last year he had 95 attempts for 400 yards, basically 4.15 per carry, only two touchdowns, but only 95 attempts. Like he doesn't have a lot of tread on his tires, but he had 51 targets, 38 catches, which is pretty solid, four touchdowns through the air. Averaging eight yards per carry. He's not special. He's 27 years old. I think that there is some real possibility for him moving forward with Denver to be a a low-tier RB2 for fantasy football. And he's not going to cost you that much at all. And, you know, you can use Javante Williams as the excuse to buy him kind of cheap right now. But if Javante Williams comes out banged up or not fully healthy, similar to J.K. Dobbins, Let's just put him on the the J.K. Dobbins timeline, right? Similar time frame in terms of when the injury happened. I think I think J.K. actually happened before Javante, if I remember right. But let's say that it takes until about week eight, week nine, somewhere in that range for Javante to be fully healthy and where he's actually starting to contribute again for fantasy. Even at that point, they're not going to give him 100% of snaps. It's just not going to happen coming off of injury. So. By the end of the season, maybe he's touching the ball around 70%. That still leaves 30% for Samaj P. Ryan, which there were games where he was able to do something with with the Bengals on that. But up until week eight, he's probably going to be a guy that touches the ball around 60, 70, 80% of the time. 
as they work Javante back into it. And then when Javante first gets back, maybe it's closer to 60-40 for Javante um, or even Pirine, and it kind of flips as the season goes on. But I think you're going to have a full 10 games of Samaj P. Ryan, barring injury, where you're going to have good, solid, again, wide or RB2 numbers from him. So Samaj P. Ryan, I think he's somebody that you can buy very, very cheap, like a third round pick, and he's going to be able to vastly outproduce for fantasy football. So interesting signing there. I think it's going under the radar a little bit right now. Um, Boston Scott re-signed with Philly to a one-year deal. Interesting there. But the other one that went to Philly, this one is crazy to me. Rashad Penny comes over on a one-year contract, $1.35 million. Gets paid less than Boston Scott. All of fancy Twitter is all about Rashad Penny. This is the perfect sell opportunity for Rashad Penny. I get it. He's very, very good for fantasy football. But this is going to be your last chance to cash out if you want out on Rashad Penny. He might be more valuable to your team to just hold him and play him. And if he's healthy, you know, you get he's on the Eagles. But him getting signed by the Eagles is going to be the biggest boost that he's going to have left in his career for fantasy football. He's 27 years old at this point in time, hasn't played a lot, but, you know, he's just he's always banged up. And I, I hate that. I loved Rashad Penny, the player, the prospect, but you know, at this point in time, hoping that in his age 27 season, he's not going to be injury prone for the first time ever. That seems like a, a one of those suckers bets, in my opinion. So, you know, again, you can hold him in the three or four games where he's healthy. You're probably going to have a superstar for fantasy football, but it, you just know that the injury is coming. So my advice would be to sell him if you can get a mid to high second round pick. Maybe um, it seems like consensus on Twitter is an early to late, an early third, late second. But maybe you can push that up, push the Eagles narrative. You know, oh, he's Miles Sanders, he's Miles Sanders. Push that really hard for Rashad Penny and move on from him. That's my suggestion to you guys. So there's a lot of guys left to be signed for the running backs, but I think that they're going to be coming here in the next couple of days. We we saw the first ones starting to go, and they're pretty small contracts. I mean, Jeff Wilson is the biggest one at eight point two million. These guys are not getting a lot of money. Smaje Pirine at seven and a half. There's a few guys out there. You know, you look at this list: Jamal Williams going back to Detroit. I know there's mutual interest. J.D. McKissick got got cut today. Um, Kareem Hunt, Deonta Foreman, Ronald Jones, Miles Sanders is the big one. I think that he's going to be interesting. Uh, David Montgomery, Devin Singletary. So there's a lot of guys still out there. I'm sure that they're all working through all the the offers that they're getting from all these different teams and trying to find the best one. So we'll see where these guys ultimately end up. All right, now wide receiver, again, we haven't seen much movement at all, unfortunately. And um, there's been a couple of trades so far. We'll touch on those here in just one second. But the biggest ones happened this morning. Robert Woods we knew about a couple of days ago. Uh, got signed by Houston Texans for $15 million. That's pretty solid. I, I haven't talked on this one just yet. I think there's a real chance that the Houston Texans are going to be able to convince Brandon Cooks to stay with the team. And if they if he was willing to stay, I think they would definitely keep him. All of a sudden, you got Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods, and maybe a Quinton Johnson, JSN, or you know Jordan Addison, whoever your favorite guy is at 12 in this year's draft class. Man, that could be a very, very good receiving core, experienced receiving core with Woods and Cooks. 
for whoever they bring in at number two, whether it's Bryce Young or CJ Stroud or Richardson or whoever it might be, Levis, one of these guys, whoever they bring in at two, he's going to have a good set of guys to throw the ball to. And then you look at the running back situation, Damian Pierce. I think it's a very, very low-key good offense that he'd be slotted into. And then you have the potential, again, to fill other holes on this team in the second, you know, offensive lineman, and then really kind of hammer the defense later. But we'll see what Houston does. But I think that it was a very low-key good signing for Houston to get Robert Woods for this team. Now, the two that happened this morning are um, Jacoby Myers and Alan Lazard. I don't even know what to think about these guys. These guys are both averaging $11 million per year. Alan Lazard, everyone's expecting that now that he's signed with the New York Jets, it's going to be Aaron Rodgers' time. He's going to announce on Pat McAfee this Wednesday, so tune in then and you'll find out everything. He's just holding everybody hostage. He's doing the LeBron thing. That was the dumbest crap ever, but it is what it is at this point in time. I can't wait until Aaron Rodgers retires because I'm just tired of it every single offseason. But yeah, these two guys, so... Alan Lazard, four years, $44 million. That's a lot. We're waiting on the, the full details of the contract still, but, man, that's a lot of money. Um, it's interesting. It's definitely interesting. I think that this means that Elijah Moore is going to be in the trade for Aaron Rodgers. They're going to give up something. Maybe they're going to get a first-round pick for Aaron Rodgers and Elijah Moore, you know, I don't really know. Um, we'll see what ultimately – maybe they're going to give up – probably my my expectation is they're going to give up a second-round pick and Elijah Moore for Aaron Rodgers, and that's going to be the trade, which we'll have to to touch in on that if that does end up happening. But, yeah, Alan Zard coming over here, um, he definitely is kind of takes the Elijah Moore role, but him and – Garrett Wilson is going to be very good for fantasy football. So I like it if they can get Aaron Rodgers. I think that Alan Lazard has, you know, low end wide receiver two value um, for fantasy football, but I'm not holding my breath. Well, we'll, I can't really determine this until they get Aaron Rodgers. So once that's announced, we'll know for sure. So the next episode, we'll talk on Alan Zard a little bit more at that time. Now, Jacoby Myers, this one going to Las Vegas, he he pairs up with Josh McDaniels. And that one I did not see coming, to be honest with you. I thought he could have gotten more money. Um, it's surprising that it was only three years, $33 million. I really thought he was going to be in the 16, 15 to $16 million average range um but it is what it is nobody really wants to pay these wide receivers right now now him going over to las vegas this morning everyone was really confused by it because they thought that oh now that means that hunter renfro is going to be on the way out and in in turn it was darren waller that got traded so we'll talk talk about some of the tight ends and the trades here in just one minute but you know joe jacoby myers i think he plays a very good role with jimmy garoppolo i think that you know, Devontae Adams is, is special. You're you're not gonna Devontae Adams is gonna be the alpha dog on this offense as long as he's there. If they move on from Devontae, that would be a little concerning. But if they put Jacoby Myers in the slot, it's it's gonna be interesting to see how they prioritize these two guys because Hunter Renfro has played a lot in the slot so far in his career, but he's played on two wide receiver sets as well. Who's gonna be the second wide receiver? Is it gonna be Myers or is it gonna be Renfro? 
And who's going to be the one in the slot? That's going to be, maybe they're interchangeable there. And that, I'm kind of overthinking it a little bit. And that's going to be what's interesting to me because, again, if Jacoby Myers is the slot guy, I actually think he's going to have a lot of fantasy value in PPR leagues with Jimmy Garoppolo. If it's Renfro, I'm a little nervous about Jacoby Myers' fantasy value because I think Jimmy Garoppolo likes to target short. Um, he likes screens. He likes, you know, the play action passes, the quick reads, things like that, where I think Devontae Adams, again, is going to be the alpha dog. But Jacoby Myers might be more of the outside deep threat kind of guy, uh, intermediate kind of threat that is opposite of Devontae Adams. And I think that you're going to want the slot guy and you're going to want Adams. Those are the two guys you're going to want. So Jacoby Myers, a lot of people I've seen are excited about this. I would be holding off if it was me just until we can, like I'm not buying him until week one or week two of the actual season, just until we know who is playing what role. So that's my thoughts on Jacoby Myers. I think he's a really good player. I just don't think he might have a ton of fantasy relevance if he's not playing in the slot with Jimmy Garoppolo. All right, now the last position is tight ends. There has been literally nobody signed yet that matters for the tight end position. There's a lot of guys out there that are interesting. Uh, they're supposedly trying to sign Mercedes Lewis in New York at 38 years old. I don't think, if anything, he's he's going to be a practice squad player. But, I mean, they've got Jeremy Ruckert from Ohio State that they just drafted in the fourth round, I think, last year. They've got C.J. Uzama. They've got Tyler Conklin. They really, really don't need Mercedes Lewis. So hopefully they don't bow to every Aaron Rodgers demand and they just kind of don't sign him because it's kind of dumb. But, you know, it is what it is. They're already, they already brought in Alan Lazard. I mean, he wanted OBJ, Randall Cobb, whatever. I mean, sure, sure. Um, so the big one was the trade, though, which was Darren Waller to the New York Giants for a third-round pick, essentially the... <laughs> The Kadarius Tony pick that they got from the Chiefs, they sent to the Raiders for Tony or for Waller. Now, this is interesting to me because I think that there's a lot of potential for Darren Waller for fantasy football. Now, I know that Daniel Jones is not a popular player, he's not been very good. He's also had nobody to throw to his entire career. And I get it, like, it's easy to dunk on Daniel Jones, but we actually need to see a competent receiving core around this guy. It's funny, I was talking to a coworker today, and he goes, you know, they still have Sterling Shepard. It's like, Sterling Shepard hasn't been relevant for four years now. He People have just, he's living on name value alone. Like, Sterling Shepard has done nothing for anybody for years. So why should I even care about that guy? They re-signed him to another contract. Like, whatever that dude, he must have dirt on somebody in the front office. I don't know. But Sterling Shepard's been the biggest waste of money for this team for years, and they just refuse to. He's always going to be the slot receiver, always. Um, But Darren Waller, I think he's going to be the very, he has the very real possibility of being the number two option for this team. Um, There's, a lot of rumors right now that they're going to go and trade for a Brandon Ayuk, a Jerry Judy. Denver's trying to move one of Jerry Judy or Cortland Sutton, which is very interesting. Judy was kind of linked to the Giants last year at the trade deadline. And all of a sudden, if you get Darren Waller, Jerry Judy, and maybe you get a Jordan Addison or somebody later on in the draft, this team could be very, very 
relevant in the passing game very quickly. Now, I don't think Daniel Jones is the best passer in the league, but again, he's thrown to Richie James. Like, he doesn't even have Kenny Galladay who, you know, whatever happened there, he he fell apart. But, like, he has nobody to throw the ball to except Saquon Barkley for the last couple of years. Now he's going to have Saquon, he's going to have Darren Waller, he's going to have potentially Jerry Judy or Ayuk or some other Cortland Sutton, one of these guys, and then an, a young wide receiver from the draft. This receiving core is definitely going to take steps forward. Daniel Jones has the potential to feed these guys, so I'm not concerned about Darren Waller. I think that he's probably going to be the number two option just in this offense regardless because he's a talented guy. He's a pass-catching tight end, and it's funny that they moved on from Evan Ingram and then a couple years later brought in Darren Waller, but... You know, it is what it is. They could have just brought back Evan Ingram and there would have been really no need for this trade. But, you know, you live and you learn. So Darren Waller to the Giants, I like it a lot. I think that he does have top five dynasty uh, tight end value left. Um, He's a little bit older, but he, he really missed a lot of time. If you watch the Raiders hard knocks, he had some drug addiction problems and he missed a few years in the NFL. So he has taken a lot less wear and tear on his body than most other 30-year-olds, 31-year-old tight ends. So he could easily keep playing for the next couple of years. I know he's been banged up the last couple of seasons, but I mean, we'll see what they can do with him in, in New York. I'm not worried about it at all. So I like that move. There's more trades on the, on the horizon, though. There's going to be a lot more coming up. Let me know your thoughts over on Twitter. Again, at TDC underscore Calvin, you can hit me up there. You can find Dale over there on Dynasty uh, at Dynasty underscore Dale. Hit us up on the YouTube channel, on the Spotify, Apple, Google, wherever you're at. If you can, leave a subscription, a review, five stars, thumbs up, anything, a comment, just anything to help with the podcast. We would truly appreciate it. Um, We're trying to grow the podcast. So if you can tell about us to one of your friends, we're just trying to have a good time, man. We're just here talking ball and trying to take all the BS out of it too. You know, I'm an engineer. I like logic and and real solid narratives. Yeah, like I don't like the narrative BS, right? I'm trying to give you guys straight straight logic and facts, right? And I know that's easy to to manipulate with stats and everything like that. That's why I don't talk about stats too much on this podcast. I try and, you know, just break it down from a high level what are these t- people thinking type of of analysis because stats lie man you can create a stat that proves any single point you want to prove so it's more just a you know being smart about it that's that's what this podcast is aiming to do so we're just trying to have fun tell us about tell your friends about us i guess that's a better way to phrase that you know tongue tied a little bit here today but again we're pumping out content for you guys all off season i'm going to be getting into a lot more content here in the next couple weeks so that said thank you guys again for listening Have a good night.